Uh, Terry asked me this morning, would I share my testimony? Uh, my first reaction was, you don't want to do that. <clears throat> Get up there and act nervous and all. But I was saved as a teenager at the First Baptist Church in Damascus, Virginia. And that was many, many years ago. And I was very active in church for several years, but there were several years that I wasn't active. I fell out of fellowship with God, and I think it was the mid-80s that Barbara and I, after our boys were born, uh, we were invited to church, and we went back to the First Baptist, <clears throat> and it was on that morning that I remember the sermon very well. It had to do with the placement of the earth and the sun, and if the sun was any closer, we'd probably burn up. And if the moon was any further away, we'd probably drown. And it was after that sermon, I thought, you know, this this just didn't happen by chance. Uh, it was uh, planned. So I rededicated my life. But the amazing thing that morning was uh, while I was up there praying, my wife came forward and was saved. Uh, Barbara was raised as a Catholic, and she had never experienced salvation. <clears throat> but I, I am saved, and I thank God for this day. I know there's been times in my Christian life that I've had the opportunity to share my testimony, and I did, and I later realized the blessing. And there was times that, that I didn't, and I knew that I missed a blessing. But I think any time that we have the opportunity to stand up and publicly uh, praise God, I thank Him for this day and for this church, and uh, that we actually set aside a day that we honor our earthly fathers, but we also are here to, to honor our Heavenly Father. Thank you. This church is so mission-minded. We're not a real, real large congregation, but there's been a lot of men and women going on mission trips, but there's a lot of mission work that just goes around to your local, too. Uh, At this time, I'd like for you to remember uh, uh, Bob and, and Walter and Greg as they're serving their way from us today on mission. And don't get used to guys being gone because it's a commitment every time you go it's a real commitment but it grows you up um, a few years ago uh, uh, I volunteered to go to Nicaragua but the team was already full that year and uh, so I got to go the next year but Greg told me before I went he said you know I can't tell you what it's like and I thought that was sort of strange that he couldn't tell me what it was like. But we got off the plane down there, and uh, we walked outside, and we I saw all these people there. And he said, he looked at me, and he said, "See, I couldn't tell you what it's like." But if you get the opportunity to go, it's like my friend just said: if you get an opportunity, sometimes uh, uh, 
you might pass it up and miss a blessing. Uh, but God has... Uh, he has grown me so much since we came to Kingsway in 92. I was a hurting person when I came here. And God loved me through you people and all you got. And he's grown me up a lot here. And uh, I was saved when I was 10 years old and uh, under Willard Tallman's ministry. And uh, my testimony sort of parallels uh what Larry just said, there was, there's was there been highs and lows in my life, but uh, there's been such growth here, and I've made such good friends here at Kingsway, and, uh, and I've had a lot of father figures in my life here at Kingsway, men who have meant so much to me. My father died in 1975, and I still miss him. But he was a great influence to me. But I've had so many men who, through this church, have meant so much to me. And it's my pleasure today to get to honor those men. Would all the fathers here please stand? As you leave today, we have a gift for every father that's here. If you'll please see one of the ushers at the back as you leave today, we have a gift for all fathers here today. And now I'm going to ask the, all the fathers today that are over 65, would you please stand? Over 65. All fathers over 65. And I want all of you to come right here and join me on the stage. All fathers over 65, please come and join me. Come on, then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bob's had a little health issue, but he's making it. Bob and I used to coach football together more than two years ago or ten years ago. At least. At least. Are you okay, brother? Yeah. All right. I can't see good either. You don't make me back off here, boys. <laughs> It's like I told you, this church is reaching out in different ways for ministry. I know that Travis and, and Terry have been working some at Bob's house. And, and, uh, and he's here today because of their invite. And Terry's especially. And I just want you to look at these men here. These, these are the heart and soul of this church. Amen. And I'd like you to give them another hand. I have one special gift, but the guys are going to have to tell me how old they are. <laughs> Everybody that's over 70, raise your hand. 75. 76. 77. 78. 79. 
How old are you? Eighty-five. Eighty-five. <laughs> and he can still play golf. <laughs> God bless you. God bless all you gentlemen. Thank you. I'll say I have one more special gift, and that's for the youngest father here today. And we all know who he is. Once again, uh, it's my pleasure to be here, to be a part of this church, to be a part of this day. You will look back on this day, and you will remember it's a milestone for Kingsway Baptist Church. God has blessed us. Thank you. Right. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given to us, all the many blessings of life, how you've blessed us here at Kingsway in so many ways. But most of those are those ways that money can't buy. But Lord, as we collect this offering, Lord, we just pray that it be used to the building of your kingdom, Lord, and that souls would be saved. And Lord, that those bells would be ringing in heaven, Lord, as, as people are committing their lives to you. Just guide us and lead us in all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
For our special music, our men would like to share with you one of the standards for Father's Day, Faith of Our Fathers. church the uh, one thing for allowing me to leave, lead the men's the Baptist men the last year uh, I am stepping down from that since I'm not going to be here but uh, I just want to thank you for allowing me to do that and it was such a blessing it's a blessing just to to see how all this goes together and I have no part of it I'm just kind of sitting there but uh, the scripture today I want to read is uh, the Great Commission and You've all heard me speak on the Great Commission before, but that seems to be what God has, de- has dealt with me in so many years of, uh, of doing the Great Commission. If you would stand with me as I read uh, Matthew twenty-eight sixteen. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you for this day, and Lord, we just pray that your presence, uh, your spirit, and Lord, that you'll be sitting here with us today. Uh, Lord, guide my mind, my thoughts, and my words, and may you speak through me. In your name we pray, amen. I, I look across this room and I see, uh, if some of you don't remember, I came here at the age of uh, 16, actually it was 17, March 20, uh, whatever that was. Uh, it was Easter Sunday, March of 1997. Uh, come to the sunrise service was my first one. Uh, the following Sunday, the, Donald had invited me into his office and asked me about salvation, if I had it. I didn't, and uh, on that day, I asked the Lord to come into my heart. Uh, come to find out that was Mark's birthday. It was the 21st, is that right? Where is it? 29th. That's when that was. Uh, maybe it was 21st, but that doesn't matter. Uh, but I look across this room, and I see all those men that were here at that time and how they were a father figure to me. And uh, as uh, two, two men came in this church this morning, I remembered beyond that. Uh, Steve Owens and uh, Bob Owens. When I was in high school, Steve was my wrestling coach. And uh, he was, uh, he was a, a true father figure to every single person on that team. Uh, just to warn you, I, I gave this speech last night to... <laughs> A group and I cried all the way through it. So just be be ready. Uh, and I I can hear Bob today. He would stand way up in top of the bleachers and he would holler, "Go Terry, come on Terry." I can still hear that. And those things back then uh, we remember. And that's the things you as fathers need to remember that your kids will remember. And those kids, Travis, that you're coaching, they will remember. Don't forget, we have to be an example. Uh, Mark Powers was uh, probably the greatest influence in my life. Is uh, you know, Mark was my best man. Uh, I went to work with Mark at Byright Carpets at the age of sixteen, and he kept asking me about church. And this, I don't know, the Lord just dealt with me one one uh, Saturday night, and I called Mark the, that night, and I said, Mark. Uh, what time's church in the morning? I'm a coming, and uh, it just led on from there. And uh, I, I just want to thank all of you, uh, the men of this church, the women of this church that have stood behind me and prayed for me, uh, even the ones that were praying for me long before I ever stepped foot into this building. And I know that uh, that Sunday school class of Marks was doing that. Uh, I've seen prayer sheets from before I ever uh, came to this church for y'all. My name was on that list. But uh, I'm here today to speak about missions, and uh, everybody wants to know what's going on with Terry and Samantha. <laughs> uh, in 1999, I went on uh, a walk called the Emmaus Walk, and uh, on that walk, God called me to missions. Uh, I told Mark and Dorothy, I said, when I came home from that walk, I said, I don't know what's going on, but God's calling me into missions. I had never been on a mission trip. I knew nothing about it. But I felt God calling me to that at that point in time. 
A few months later, I was asked to go to Nicaragua on a mission trip. God provided, and I went, and uh, He blessed it. And I can remember that on that day when I got back, I told everybody I knew when they asked about it, well, how did you like it? And I said, I will be back there again someday. And God will put me in a mission field someday. I feel that for sure. Well, a few years went by. I went to the Philippines and uh, ended up going back to Nicaragua in 2008. And uh, over the course of the years since uh, Katrina and uh, whatever hurricane that was before that, I don't remember, I I counted up I've been to the Gulf Coast 18 times. That's 18 weeks and five years. So therefore you can understand where God has me in this whole missions thing. And, you know, the Scripture says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Um, that's the biggest thing, is just going, taking that leap of faith, and stepping out and going into all the nations, or even to your neighbor, or wherever. Let me tell you a little bit about myself and what's going on. Uh, I had told several people that uh, I was praying about this Belize thing. I went to Belize in August of last year, and uh, I knew God had a purpose for my life there. I didn't know what it was. I came home for the month, and then I think it was the 1st of October, Body and Soul Ministries had a board meeting. And uh, I went. They, I was asked to go to that board meeting, and I was there. And they told at that board meeting that the missionaries that were there had had to step down and could not return back. Uh, they had went to the states and could not return to Belize. And I felt God pulling at my heart then that I needed to dig into that. So the following day, I called President Body and Soul and asked him about all the details, what had to be done, what was going on. And I said, "Well, I'm, I just want you to know I'm praying about this." And that's when I introduced it to my wife. I said, Samantha, I'm praying about this. I want you to pray with me. If this is where God wants us, then I know that he'll provide for us, and he's got to call you too. So he just can't call me. He's got to call you. So she began to pray, and we prayed from uh, October into uh, December. There was a a trip planned to go down there in April, a medical team. And Samantha said, I think I want to go. So she signed up to go on that trip. I signed up also. And we went on that trip. And God began to show her while she was there what she would be doing and how she would uh, fit into that ministry. And I, I also had a trip planned. I was coming home from the April trip. I was spending two weeks at home. Then I was returning back down there to build a baptistry on the church. While I was there, I, I had to cut a hole out in this church wall uh, for the, for the baptistry, kind of like this, cut the hole out, and we built the hole back end on, and uh, we we knew there was a wire in that wall somewhere, but we didn't know where. So the president of Body and Soul had a had a video, and he said, "Let's watch this video and see if we can see where that wire is, or we'll at least know kind of where it is, so we don't cut into it." So here I am watching this video, and I'm. He's looking for a wire, and he's saying, well, do you see anything? Do you see anywhere it could be? And here I am bawling my eyes out because I had been praying for God to show me uh, and to really speak to me and let me know for sure 
This is where he wanted me. But here's this video. So as I watch this video, and there it just ends like that, and here I already know that there's no missionaries down there, and uh, I could see me and my wife at the end of that video carry on that ministry, and that's when God said that's where I was going. So uh, 
I immediately called my wife or emailed her. I can't remember which. I think I called her. I said, honey, uh, start praying hard because God's calling us. And uh, I got home, and it was a week later, and God had uh, confirmed her, answered her prayer, and we surrendered our hearts to this ministry. Um, We leave on August the 12th, and, uh, you know, a lot of people ask, well, do you really know what you're doing? And uh, let me tell you a story. Uh, Several months ago on one of my trips to uh, Gulfport, I had talked to Ron Gilbert, and I said, Ron, I want you to pray with me about this. Ron had done told me, because he was at that same meeting when they told us that the missionaries had stepped down. Ron said, you and Samantha's going to be there. He told me that last November. And I said, well, I'm, I'm praying about it. I'm praying about it. And he said, uh, but he, he gave me, we went to church service that morning. There's a bunch of books in the back of this church in Mississippi. And he brought me this book. And uh, I look at the book and the title of the book is Do Not Waste Your Life. But let me tell you a story that's in this book. True story. Came out of Reader's Digest. This uh, couple were in their mid-50s, and uh, they had lived a great life. They were great Christian people, lived a great life, had put lots of money back into into stocks, had plenty of money. They decided they were going to retire early. They retired in their 50s, sold their home, uh, bought them a house in Punta Gorda, Florida. They bought them a big 30-foot boat, and they decided that's where they was going to retire. They spent their days of retirement collecting seashells and playing softball. And the rest of this story is, uh, do you want to spend your days collecting seashells and playing softball? Because when I get to heaven and I meet Jesus, I want to have something else to offer to Him besides seashells. That's not what this world's about. We are, we're not promised the next breath But the average life is 70 years. Nowadays it's about 80. Um, But what is 70 years or 80 years compared to eternity? Just think about that for a minute. You you, You may say 70 years or even five years of being in prison is terrible. It's awful. It's, It's the hardest thing. What is 70 years compared to eternity? To everything. The, I mean, never ending. So that's where God's put me. You know, I've worked hard all my life. No one has never, ever given me anything. The Lord's always taken care of me. Um, when God called me into this, I realized I had to give up everything I've ever worked for. Everything, our home, everything that we have. And I am so much at peace in it. Because I know that God's going to take care of us. Uh, It's hard getting rid of some of that stuff, but you wouldn't believe how God confirms this calling every day and how He has just literally sent people to my house, knocked on the door, wanting something that I had. And, you know, when they come knocking and uh, you've been praying for God to send the people to buy your stuff, you better sell it. <laughs> so, uh, 
A lot of people want to know about body and soul and what uh, what we'll be doing there. Uh, body and Soul Ministries was started in uh, about 12 years ago by Ralph and Penny Digman. They had went down on a one-week mission trip, a medical mission trip, and uh, they felt God pulling at their hearts too about going there. So they sold everything they had, loaded up all their personal belongings in an old school bus that literally had uh, the back of the school bus had a hole in the floor. You could see the road. And uh, they lived in Indiana, and they took off in this bus from Indiana all the way through Texas to Mexico, all the way through Mexico, and then to Belize. But on their way on this trip, they were going through Texas, and it was really, really hot, and they had two boys with them. And Penny was in the back of the bus, and uh, here all this heat's coming off that road through that bus and that metal floor. And she said, oh, my gosh, she was hot. And she said, uh, thought to herself, what have we done? Here she gets up, and she's walking toward the front to tell Ralph, turn around and go back home. We've made a mistake. And as she was walking to the, toward the front of the bus, they had uh, some a church had given them a, a, a steeple to take down there for a church, and they had tied it onto the top of this bus. As she was walking forward, she seen a cross shadowed out on the asphalt in front of the school bus. And she seen that, and she knew that Jesus was there. And she told Ralph, she had went to tell Ralph to turn around, but when she saw that cross, she was at peace. And she knew that God was taking care of them, that's where he wanted them. So she told Ralph, she said, Ralph, just stay in the shadow of the cross and we'll be fine. And they were, the reason that they came home is she was on some uh, medication that uh, caused her a lot of liver problems and she couldn't get the treatment down there that she needed. So they came home uh, a couple years ago. But Body and Soul Ministries is is built up between lots of different ministries. They do construction ministry, uh, medical ministries, feedings, uh, Bible schools, anything. Whatever. Uh, if you're breathing, you can do something at Body and Soul Ministries. Uh, it don't matter how old you are. Uh, if you're five years old, six years old, you can do something. Or if you're 85 or 90 years old, uh, there's something there for you, even if it's just uh, helping someone else go. Um, I'm going to give my wife a, a chance to say something about how God called her into this, if she's ready. Y'all know how I am about this speaking thing. It makes me nervous, Rick, but God's using us. Um, Terry talked about his trip to Nicaragua in 99, and he and I had just started dating uh, just a few months into our relationship. And um, I had already been praying, and um, gosh, <laughs> um, I knew that Terry had been brought to me. He, he had come into Kingsway for a purpose. God had brought him here. And that there was a future there for us. And so when he came back from Nicaragua and he told me the same thing, I'll be back in Nicaragua again. And God is calling me to the mission field. And I went, wait a minute. <laughs> I've got to be okay with this. I have got to decide that I'm going to be okay to be taken to another country and Lord knows what kind of conditions and and. You, you just don't know where, where God's going to take you. So I began praying about it, and, of course, it, it was definitely in his plan. And we'll be married nine years this September, and, you know, I, I hadn't 
seen Belize in our future. You know, sometimes when we went to the Philippines in 2007, I, I said, okay, I can, I can do the mission thing. I'm not sure that the Philippines is the right place, but, but I see this working into our lives at some point in time. Um, and then when he came back in August and, and I knew all the opportunities, I mean, we really, this has been a prayer of ours since, since he came home from that meeting. Um, I prayed after Terry came home in May, I, or began praying after I talked to him. And um, truly, my call, my answer um, was very subtle and that still small voice. Um, I was on the way to work one early morning. I've been going in really early lately and had put a CD in that had been given to me. And y'all know how I love music and it, it touches me and it speaks to me. And there was nothing on that CD that had really spoke to me. And, and I was just listening to the music and it was a nice, easy music you know, nothing real exciting or um, just real nice and easy, but nothing, none of the words that I remember were very impactful. Um, but just driving down the interstate, this peace just flows over you. You just know. You just know. And this process has been difficult at times, but like Terry said, every single day, There is something that God shows us or gives to us that lets us know that this is right. And all the little things, the questions that come up in our mind or the doubts that Satan tries to throw in front of us, he fixes them almost immediately. I mean, almost immediately down to where my dogs are going to live. I know where my dogs are going. I know that they're going to be taken care of. And that was what I was having trouble with the most. And he shows me. And he shows both of us, and I'm, I'm really excited to become a part of the ministry. I want to tell you a little bit about the country of Belize. It's very small, as you can see, right below Mexico on the Yucatan Peninsula. It's a, it's a place where cruise ships come in to Belize City. There's a lot of scuba diving there. There's a lot of tourism right there on the coast. The Big Blue Hole... I remember getting an email a few months ago that showed the big blue hole and, and that's in Belize. You know, we can maybe go visit there. I don't, I don't know, but, um, if you see Belmapan is the capital, that's the, the star there almost in the middle. And just, I mean, we're literally, we're 10 minutes away from the capital. Now that's not the biggest city, but Roaring Creek Village is, is right there at Belmapan. Um, it is an English speaking country. That is their official language. That's what they teach in school. Um, and that's what they have chosen to speak. So communication, and that was a big thing that, that Terry had talked about in Nicaragua. They, they spoke Spanish, and he had trouble communicating with them. And so that's not as much of a barrier down there. Um, some of the older folks still speak Spanish and, and have passed that on to their children. And then also Creole is spoken, which is really hard. I'm not sure if I'll ever pick that one up. But um, I 320,000 people is the population of the whole entire country. Roaring Creek Village itself has about two to 3,000 people. So not, not a really big place, not heavily populated. Um, the, the hospitals um, are, are good hospitals, but they get to pick and choose who they take care of, and that's why the clinic was necessary when Ralph and Penny started it, um, because you kind of can't make them. Um, you, you go to the emergency room, Dr. Smitty introduced us. That's the doctor, the, the physician that we went with in April introduced us to a young lady years ago. Um, him and his wife were down there on a mission and this little girl had fallen. Lydia, 
not as bad as your fall, but she had fallen onto a stick and, and the stick actually went up into her calf and they took her to the emergency room and the way the injury was, they said it just looked like a, a wound or a scratch on the bottom. They couldn't see the stick. The hospital didn't take the time to look or x-ray or or to really check out the injury. And they sent her home. And she still has the stick in her leg. Well, three weeks later, the infection that she has is out of control. She's completely septic, completely listless, has no life to her whatsoever. And her mother heard that this medical mission team was down in Roaring Creek. And she carried that child seven miles in the middle of the day to get her to that clinic. And they took her in there. And they laid her on the floor, and his wife started an IV, and they started resuscitating this girl with fluids. And they had IV antibiotics that Dr. Smitty had gotten down there. And just completely, and she came and visited us in April. And other than her ankle not moving completely because of the scar tissue, she's fine. She's perfect. So God puts those people in those places. And Terry and I really don't, know to our fullest extent what God has for us. I I think that nursing and construction is just the tip of the iceberg. I I can't imagine what he has for us down there. I thank you all so much for your support and your prayers. And I can't wait for all of you to come down and visit us. It's just a three and a half hour flight. So if you can make it across the country, you can make it down to Belize. We've prepared one more slideshow. You want to go ahead and do that now? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. One more slideshow, and these are Terry and I's personal pictures from trips that we've actually made down there and things that we've seen with our own eyes and, and touched with our own hands. So thank you all. Oh 
There's no one like our God. There is no one like you, God. The greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be explains where God's calling us and what we're going to be doing. Uh, you know, uh, the thing that I always uh, like to, to say is, you know, if there's anybody in here that can tell me what your future is, I want to know that because the only future that I know of myself is that I will be at the feet of Jesus one day. Uh, he is my Lord and Savior. And other than that, the only thing I can tell you is, uh, I can't tell you anything. I could fall dead right now. Um, but I can promise you one thing. I'll keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I'll be serving my king. Uh, whether anybody else likes it or not. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, he is my savior and I am his. Uh, that's all that matters. And You know, when it comes to uh, this scripture, the Great Commission... Uh, we, Jesus left us with very few instructions. And one of those is to go and tell the world about Him and what He is doing and what He can do for everyone else. And, uh, I've already spent 30 years of my life. I'll be 30 next month. Uh, I'm not guaranteed anymore, but uh, just say, for instance, i got 30 more. I want to do it uh, doing what He wants me to do every day. And that's where I'm at. Uh, we don't know how much it's going to cost us to live down there at this point in time. We're uh, we're still looking, searching insurances and uh, international insurance is very expensive as far as medical insurance. Uh, the cost of living is, uh, as far as uh, us eating, uh, we're basing that roughly on uh, $700 a month. Uh, I'm not going to ask anybody to support us by money. I'm not going to ask you to do that. Uh, when I when I made this commitment uh, to the Lord, I, I said, I, I don't want to ask people for money. I just want to ask them for their prayers. And I know that my Father will take care of me. But if God leads you uh, to support us anyway, money-wise, whatever, we've got some brochures, uh, we've got some cards that you can take and if you want to do that. Uh, 
we're going on faith. Uh, we have applied with the Virginia Baptist, uh, which this church is not affiliated with the Virginia Baptist, but we're crossing our fingers and letting God take control of that. And if they approve us, they'll at least take care of our insurance. But uh, we just want y'all, as, as our church family, uh, as our church home, is don't forget us. Uh, we want to be Kingsway missionaries. I don't know if a missionaries ever came out of Kingsway or went out of Kingsway into the field. Uh, I don't know. We would have to get with Betty. Betty would know that. But uh, that, That's what we want to be. So we want y'all to not forget us. Um, thank you for your time. Uh, we love you all, and we will be back to visit. Our, our plan is to, if the, we have the support to, to get home twice a year, we'll come home twice a year. And how long will we be there is another answer or a question that I get. I'm, I'm going to get me some of those uh, top ten questions. That, that is one of the questions: is how long are you going to be there? I'll be there as long as the Lord provides, and, and until He tells me to go home. So uh, this ain't no four-month commitment or uh, two months or one year. It's as long as he wants us there, we'll be there. Thank you for your time. appreciate Terry and Samantha's heart. Very honest and very open before the Lord. And knowing their heart too, I think what they would simply ask is that all of us ask that question. God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want, Lord? Because the truth is, guys, we're all control freaks, but... uh, We mess up. We need God to show us, and that's what they've done. And we want to support them. Um, Terry said he's not going to ask, but I will. If if there's any of you guys laid on your heart to give, have a couple of guys, even a day, you may want to give something that will go towards supporting them. But pray about maybe, you know, a monthly type of giving every month too. they're a big part of us. We love them. And good night. How are we going to forget you? So, you know, I mean, that's not the case. May God allow us to love you. Do prayers and continued support. Um, maybe God's speaking to you. We have an altar. Maybe you need to come pray. Um, Maybe you need to do business with God this morning. Maybe hearing about this great Lord and Savior, He's been a distant relative rather than a heavenly Father. Now's the time to straighten that out, guys. As I said, there's no grandchildren in heaven. Only His kids. Are you His kid? Let's pray. And do we have anybody leading us in a song just to have a song here of closing? Here, uh, Yeah, well, I'm going to have a word of prayer. Dan, we'll sing. Guys, if God's called you, will you simply come? Be in prayer what God wants you to give to Terry and Samantha, but also just be in prayer what He wants you to do in this time. Because it's not about any of us, it's about God. 
Is there something He's calling you to do? We say yes. Let's pray. God, we're a stubborn bunch. The seconds, the minutes, the years go by. And often, Lord, we mean you. But it's so far away, Lord, we can't hear your voice. We can't see you, Lord. May that change now, God. Grab a hold of me and grab a hold of each of us here, God. Speak, Lord. May we hear. God, may this time be a time to respond to that voice, the voice of your Spirit. Lord, as we stand, as we sing, may we come and follow. In your name we pray. Amen.